politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, scorned and forgotten taxpayers and potential future revolutionaries to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here at Blaze Media, Tuesday, November 17th. And where are the revolutionaries? Where is our John Hancock? Where's the bottom? Where does this end? Revolutions have been fought for much less. Indeed, our own revolution was fought over a much milder dystopian view of governing and governance, anarchy, tyranny. You know, let me say this. I'm teaching my son today, and really this week we're spending a lot of time. We're up to the Declaration of Independence and his homeschooling lesson. We're talking about what led to it, the crafting of it, the Committee of Five, the learning the actual text and the six or seven or so principles that are embedded in just the first few hundred words and how it applies nowadays. And it's so easy for him to relate to now. Had we done this any other time, it's like some archaic thing. Yeah, there was a time people weren't free and now they're free. No, we are less free than we were in the 1760s. What are we going to do about it? Today, I want to explain just how severe some of this dystopian view is, where we have to fear the police and the criminals, while the criminals don't have to fear the police. You know, last night, I really felt this personally. I got in my car. You're not allowed to carry in Maryland, and except, unless you're a criminal. There's been a rash of carjackings all over the place. So you're always scared. You're looking around. Okay, who's coming? You're scared of a criminal, right? You are scared of the fact that a policeman won't be there for you. Okay? Because we don't have freedom here and you have to rely on the police to protect yourself. Then I get in the car and I start driving And my heart, you know how your heart sometimes leaps when suddenly you see yourself caught by a policeman, like, waiting in ambush. Now, luckily at that point, I often do go fast enough that I could have been pulled over, but I wasn't. And I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. And then a wave of anger passed over me because I realized, wait a minute. So I have to sit and have butterflies in my stomach over the police? I have to fear the police? While these people that are holding up citizens through with gunpoint, by gunpoint, they do not get put in jail. So I have to fear the criminals and the police because the criminals don't have to fear the police. Think about that for a moment. As we have the rising tide of crime in every major American city, but a rising tide of tyranny and corona fascism in every American city. Now, one thing you can do, especially if you live in a freer state, is get your We the People holster. Because We the People holsters are the best American-made holsters around. And they are indispensable for self-defense as well as supporting this show. 
the pending results of this election will undoubtedly cause a spike in gun sales. You could barely even get ammo. Um, one listener to this show from Indiana was amazingly nice to me and offered to get me at cost a thousand rounds. Uh, they've gone up like 300% now. But I will tell you what has not gone up at all is the price of We The People holsters. Starting at just $40, We The People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. Made in the USA. They have thousands of options for everything you want. I mean, I have one for my HK VP9, my Walther PPS, which is my carry gun that I carry at least in my home. It's on me right now. You got that nice We The People holsters emblem. The Cant and Ride are perfect. It has the perfect mix of of comfort, comfortability, but also um, security. Um, folks, this is where it's at. People often forget to get a proper holster. You have to have the right position from which to draw it. So even if you're just you know around your house, to me, it's always worth having it on your hip. I certainly do, especially in these days. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR to get yours today with free shipping plus a lifetime guarantee satisfaction $10 off if you put in offer code CR again we the people holsters.com slash CR we the people holsters.com slash CR offer code CR now folks I, I'm just like I'm really pissed off about this and and I'm going to say this and I'm going to publicize this more and more I have written numerous articles backing the blue and most people who don that uniform are certainly laudable people. But there is a growing concern, particularly among metropolitan polices, police departments, as opposed to sheriff's deputies in the more rural areas, that they're taking a hands-off approach with the rioters, with criminals. They look awfully pathetic and weak in dealing with them. But then suddenly they find their cojones when it comes to clamping down on us, how could it be that a mayor could get up there and say, I am sacking democracy. I am seizing power. You better watch out. You better wear a mask. You better cancel Thanksgiving. You better not have people in your own darn house. A man's house used to be his castle, but no longer the city streets are the castle of BLM and gangbangers to harm you. Oh, stay home. You're safer at home. That's what they're saying. Philadelphia, they're calling it the stay at home initiative. Yeah, except you're not safe because you'll be shot at and robbed by the people they let out. But if you're one of those cops that's going to go in and enforce this, you're a pathetic human being and we're going to name and shame you. Because the bottom line is these governors and mayors would have no power. It would be a joke if, um, if they would just say no. Well, Daniel, all they can't. Well, they're saying just say no to enforcing laws against violent criminals. You know, rioting, beating people up, that type of thing. So you better believe we're going to expect you take a hands-off approach to what's going on here. It was alluded to a little bit in the Declaration of Independence. The indictment against King George, how he infringed upon our liberties, but at the same time, didn't protect the Western frontier sought to appease the Indians, but nothing like today. Where is our John Hancock? I was teaching my son 
you know, about Hancock, who was the president of the Second Continental Congress, went and signed his name so prominently because he wanted King George to to see exactly who, who he was. He was proud of being a revolutionary. Where, where are these people? Where are the Sons of Liberty? But this is what we have here. Philadelphia. Do you understand you had eight children killed or shot last week in shooting incidents? Homicide is up 39%. It's on pace to be the most violent year since 1990 and might even break the record. And yet they're shutting down. You cannot have relatives in your home there. So these same vermin that are arresting the police for doing their job or preventing the police from deterring criminals. Well, there's one indoor and outdoor gathering that will not be canceled on Thanksgiving, and that is the annual shootout that typically is worse on a holiday weekend in every one of these cities. And let me tell you something. You see, a five-year-old is not exactly at risk from the virus. But gang bullets don't discriminate discriminate based on age and whether you're immunocompromised. But this is what's happening. You know, I saw Minneapolis is in another one of these cities. COVID fascism. At the same time, the police basically quit and they don't have enough officers. Carjackings, robberies, murder, sky high. I saw an interesting case, but this is emblematic of what we're seeing everywhere, where nobody serves any time anymore, regardless of his history, including gun crimes, unless you're someone defending yourself with a gun. But if you're hurting someone with a gun, you're fine. So this guy, Roberto Williams, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, was charged on Friday with unlawful possession of a firearm after he supposedly accidentally shot a five-year-old to death. Accidental. Now, you think it was a tragic accident. But every time you see a heinous crime committed, just know 95% of the time, it's a repeat violent offender who is known to police, known to the prosecutors in the area. And despite that, he's out free as a bird to kill other people. Most murders are preventable. So I saw Williams had been convicted of robbery in 2003 and on. Of unlawful possession of a gun in 2005, 2010, and 2017. And by the way, he had an outstanding charge for first degree robbery even after that with a trial set for January, but he was out. Almost everyone I see that commits something like that, they they have that profile. But don't worry, five year olds like that boy who was killed, they'll be kept safe because their schools are closed. And um, they're wearing a mask. You know, masks are so magical, they could block a respiratory virus, evidently, even though they don't. Well, maybe they could block a bullet. Well, the bulletproof will make everyone wear a bulletproof mask. And and like we saw, I, I tell you this all the time, when you look at the rioting and the BLM and the attacks, the people that commit the most heinous attacks, they're usually not random, like, passion things that like random people they're all known criminals they're all known criminals okay 
So remember that guy that was caught on video in D.C. sucker punching from behind a Trump supporter. He gets knocked to the ground and they stomp on him. And by the way, the people involved in all that should get the death penalty. But here's the deal. The guy was arrested, Kenneth Wayne Debris from Southwest D.C., And of course, he was found unlawfully possessing a gun as well. It turns out he was a convicted child sex offender out on the streets, not in jail. And folks, especially given that this guy didn't die, he was just brutally beaten. I bet he won't even serve any time, much less hard time for what he did. But you know what? Someone caught not wearing a mask in D.C.? or celebrating Thanksgiving with 10 people, they're a lot more likely to face swift prosecution and jail time than debris. Again, folks, revolutions have been fought over less than what we're talking about today. That's the reality. We have these bastards like Larry Krasner the the prosecutor in Philadelphia that is allowing his city to return to pre-90s crime levels. Because, after all, gun felons, robbers, that's a low-level crime. But you know what? I guarantee you that the police and the prosecutor will be all over people celebrating Thanksgiving. Somehow that won't be deemed a first-time, low-level, nonviolent offense. Folks, revolutions have been fought over a lot more than that. Talking about the preamble of the Declaration, of the preamble of the Constitution. It's to secure the blessings of liberty. It's to ensure the, the it's to protect the people, and they're doing the opposite. What government should be doing, it's not doing. And what it must not do and cannot do, it seeks to do. Now, some of this is going to take a whip list. We need an American sanctuary to start pushing in the legislatures like in Florida where we can. Of sanctuary states and sanctuary counties, American sanctuaries for American values. That if we're going to have places like Philadelphia that are sanctuaries for domestic and foreign criminals and terrorists... At the very least, we should have places where the sheriffs say, on record, we are not doing this. Now look, there are a few, and I think we need to start from there. They're not going to be in the major cities. This is from the New York Post. Three, three more upstate New York sheriffs have announced their refusal to enforce the state's private gathering limit on Thanksgiving. In a scathing Facebook post on Saturday. Let's see which county this is from. This is Fulton County, New York. Fulton County Sheriff Richard uh, Giardino questioned the legality of Cuomo's newly instituted 10-person cap on parties and other gatherings in private residences. Frankly, I'm not sure it could sustain a constitutional challenge in court for several reasons, including your house is your castle. And as a sheriff with a law degree, I couldn't in good faith attempt to defend it in court, so I won't. 
Giardino noted his office with limited resources has scant legal options to enter private homes other than search warrants, invitations, or under emergency circumstance. We have limited resources and we have set priorities. So obtaining a search warrant to enter your home to see how many turkey or tofu eaters are present is not a priority. Good for him. But others evidently have the resources. They evidently have the resources to screw with us. They have no problems doing it. They have no qualms about doing it. Because that is why their resources are there. And you know what? This is why I am very close to writing an article basically stating, I am all for abolishing the police and particularly the police departments. I think we should keep the sheriff's departments in most places, but the police. Because if the police are literally going to do nothing to protect us from the general violent offenders, the carjackers, the gangsters, and then certainly the BLM folks. But boy, oh boy, will they be there in full force with all their moxie in place and their testicular fortitude to go and arrest us for, in their absence, engaging in self-defense against BLM or just to enforce this unconstitutional North Korea-style authoritarianism, then you know what? Screw them. Then I want the police abolished. Because frankly, the left doesn't want them to be abolished. It's a joke. They want the police. How do you think all these mayors are empowered to do what they want to do? These metropolitan police departments, and I'm not saying anyone who works as a beat cop in these places is a problem. They're certainly not. But the leadership of those police departments have become just as evil and politicized as the political leadership of the you know city council and uh, bureaucracies and the mayor's offices in these respective cities. There's a whole case out of McCobb County, Atlanta, where there are now cops that are have been proven to be gang members. And it's kind of interesting that the last two years, gang arrests are record low, are at record lows in McCobb County. That's a story I'm working on now with a friend of mine. So I'm just telling you, it's something to consider. Back to blue, I mean, blue is not even and equal depending on where you are. Generally, the sheriff departments, now I know you have some urban sheriff departments too, but the rural ones are certainly by and large good, and we need to start racking up as many American sanctuaries as we can. And that really leads to the to the next thing. You talk about these sheriffs, any of you, your heroes and zeros. But unfortunately, among Republicans, it's 95% zeros and 5% heroes. Look at the dichotomy between the Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, and the governor of South Dakota, Christy Noem. In Iowa... It turns out that this governor was only a hero, only resisted it because they didn't get any cases for months. Now when the going gets rough and you get the cases as everyone does and everyone will, no matter what you do, but this is the society we live in. Everyone has to show, I'm doing something, so I'm going to do the thing that didn't work everywhere else. Kim Reynolds reversed course and issued a statewide mask mandate on Monday. Requires two years old and older to wear a mask. This is Iowa. This is not New York City. 
Unbelievable. Republicans have trifecta control. Both houses of the legislature, the governorship, and we're, we have child abuse on two-year-olds on something that spreads it more. It creates staph infections. It clogs up the lungs with, with the particles that you don't see. And it's anywhere from 30 to 14,000 times larger than the viral particles. And it's unconstitutional. King George never did this. I'm afraid that these mild cases have created a mindset where Iowans uh, have become complacent. When we've lost the sight of why it was so important to flatten the curve. Hey, schmucko, this is seven months later and you're still using the word flatten the curve? Reynolds also prohibited indoor gatherings of 15 people or more and outside gatherings of 30 people or more. I'm sure she wouldn't have the guts to shut down a Antifa riot. So, folks, I don't want to hear, oh, Biden, Joe Biden this, and the Democrats this. Republicans control the legislature in 31 states. They control the trifecta in 31 states, often with significant majorities. And this is what we have. This dystopian view. And by the way, this is the same, and and boy, I'm, I'm really on the verge of profanity here. I better watch out. This is the same governor... The same malcontent, the same coward that met with BLM terrorists and at their behest, by executive order, Kim Reynolds, governor of Iowa, gave felons the right to vote. Maybe they'll make an uh, exception. If you're arrested for not wearing a mask or having a Thanksgiving gathering, maybe, maybe you won't get your right to vote. I mean, this stuff used to be the butt of jokes. It used to be like parodies done on like, you know, absurd governance. But folks, Sodom and Gomorrah is not just a tale. It's not just a reality of history in the Bible. It's not something that we're going to, you know, mock up as a parody to illustrate absurdity. We don't have to illustrate the absurdity. We live in absurdistan. This is, this is the Republicans we have now. So if you think a revolution means every two years, okay, well, in two years from now, then we're really going to go to the ballot box and vote for uh, Kim Reynolds' re-election and uh, Mike DeWine's re-election and uh, hmm, uh, all these Republican governors. So, yeah. That, that, that's real Sam Adams, real John Hancock there. <laughs> what a bunch of losers. This is the world we live in. Now you look at Christy Nome, but she's the exception. It's a good day for freedom, she said. Joe Biden realizes that the president doesn't have the authority to institute a mass mandate. For that matter, neither does Governor Nome, which is why she has provided her citizens with the full scope of the science and trusted them to make the best decisions for themselves and their loved ones. That's from Noam's communications director, Ian Fury. And she basically said she will not enforce. She will not enforce a Joe Biden mask mandate. I mean, the gap between a Republican that actually believes in the rule of law and the Constitution and prudence and liberty and those that don't 
is wider than the gulf between a Republican and a Democrat, which demonstrates why we need a new movement, a new party around that new movement, a new system altogether. The question is how to accomplish this. Not if, but when. And that really needs to be now. I challenge any of you, after watching the election results, both the fact that elections are rigged because of stupid policies Republicans have agreed to, but also even if you legitimately win them. I mean, let's be honest. They're a little bit more be um, emboldened, the fact that they think Biden won. But, I mean, this was already going on and would continue even if Trump were elected. And let me give you a perfect example. I'm going to piggyback to another issue that metaphorically is is actually exactly the issue we're talking about, and that's Afghanistan. So Trump is, is finally pulling out of Afghanistan. It's one of the good things he's done. McConnell goes to the media, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and he says, I don't know. Pulling out of Afghanistan would hurt our allies and delight the people who wish us harm and emboldens the Taliban. It gives Al-Qaeda a, a propaganda victory and a renewed safe haven for plotting attacks. I mean, it's mentally ill. This is their hill to die on. Not on the crime. Not on the rioting. Not on the suspension of fundamental rights and, and a democratic republic. Seizing power. Not seizing upon Justice Alito's clarion call of the most severe and protracted suspension of civil liberties in the history of the settlement of this continent, which, by the way, includes the era of King George clamping down on the colonists in the 1760s. We've never faced anything like this. And this guy's worried his hill to die on is Afghanistan? Are you kidding me? And again, as we've noted so many times, this is the twisted irony that COVID fascism is the new Afghanistan. Because you you could point to it, look, there's Taliban there. And we're like, okay, but Taliban are essentially a reflection of the husbands, daughters, sons, fathers, and and brothers of the people living in Afghanistan. That's who they are. They can only come here if we bring them here through immigration. If there is a training camp, you could blow it up in the air. But the notion that you're going to hold together Afghanistan is just mentally ill. And it's the same thing here. There's a COVID case. Okay. And therefore what? What are you going to do about it? (laughs) What, what, What has been proven to work? Um... We have 10,000 troops on the ground. Well, uh, yeah, all that does is kill our troops. Uh, we're going to wear masks and lock down. Yeah, but that doesn't stop the virus. All it does is kill us. That's the collateral damage. It, it, I'm telling you, I gave that analogy of Afghanistan back in March. And to this day, it's the best metaphor for what we're doing. But then again, perhaps the reason why Republicans don't see, at least 95% of them, don't see a problem with corona fascism is the same reason they don't see a problem with Afghanistan. And this is my point. Like, this is why I don't even feel so bad. I mean, I feel horrible about the country we live in that you could have stolen elections like this. But, like, 
And this is not even a rip on Trump. I mean, even if he would get reelected, these are the Republicans we have up and down the ballot from Senate to House to governor to even even in state legislatures, even at county levels. Most Republicans are like that. You could literally name on one hand the number of elected Republicans that are decent on the issues of our time that are confronting us for which we need a bold vision and a sharp contrast from what the communists are pushing. We don't have it. The most often you can actually find are in rural sheriffs. But not much beyond that. Two governors we could point to. Almost no senators. Handful of Freedom Caucus guys in the House. Nowhere near a majority. In any given legislative body. Or even county council. It's always the minority. Of the, of, of the Republicans. I'm just telling you. I mean, this is why I'm going to push my Declaration of Rights and Principles to get this right. I'm going to start in a couple of states and we're going to start shaming them. But it's time we start thinking and I think it starts with the sheriffs. Training, I think sheriffs need to have training programs to train for self-defense, train their citizens against rioting. Be very tough on that, but at the same time, Make it very clear that it's an American sanctuary for the Second Amendment. Not for gun felons that we're going to clamp down on them. And certainly a sanctuary against COVID fascism. We used to call that good governance. We used to call that the purpose of law enforcement. Securing the blessings of liberty. This cannot go on for much longer. I'm going to keep repeating this every day. But this is where we are as a people. But I'm just trying to show you, could you imagine the hill to die on for Mitch McConnell is Afghanistan? This is their hill to die on. I don't know how you how you have a society like that. I don't know how you can go along putting all of our effort into a party where anywhere from 70 to 95% of the elected members do not share our values. And I mean at all. I don't mean like they fundamentally do, but maybe they don't don't want to go as far as we do. No. (laughs) And the people get it. Folks, you're seeing this. People get it. You know, I was speaking, and maybe, maybe uh, tomorrow we'll have Todd Benzman on again. He's been doing a lot of good reporting on the Rio Grande Valley, both the cartel stuff, but also the bringing over um, Mexican nationals to get treated in our hospitals while we are being locked down, supposedly not to strain hospitals, even though it doesn't work. But then bringing in foreign nationals, again, revolutions have been fought over much less than that degree of betrayal and perfidy. Dystopian hypocrisy. Dyslexic priorities from a government. But he was telling me, we were talking earlier today, 
about the remarkable nature of how Trump won Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley that have deep ties to Mexico, dual citizens. Some of them are even products of illegal immigrants. And they themselves, they flipped to Trump in the most massive swing we've ever seen in one election cycle. And what he was saying, he he does interviews, that the people really didn't like the Central American surge. Everyone forgot about that. And it's coming back again. Oh, we can't talk about them. I don't want to offend the Hispanic voters. They were the ones that were pissed off about it. And you're seeing that everywhere. People don't feel safe. This is from Gallup. Came out yesterday. Support for stricter U.S. gun laws at lowest level since 2016. Lowest level. So, I mean, I think this is, this is something that is very important. Very important. We are winning that battle. We are winning that battle now. Now, there is a little bit of a gender gap. But I'm telling you, folks, we are winning that battle. Republican support for gun laws among registered Republicans is the lowest it has ever been. Okay? The lowest it has ever been. Support for banning handguns in the U.S. is near a low. It's 25%. And that's pretty scary that there's 25% like that. But again, there's 75% not like that. But the entirety of the Democrat Party is there. You could crush them on these issues if we had a party that actually believed in what you and I believe in. So with that, folks, I want to just reach out to all of you guys. And let's do this on our Facebook page, Miniman Speak Easy. If you are not a member, you could request membership. It's a private group. And we'll approve that. Um, or you could reach out to me by email, dharwitz at blazemedia.com. And, and again, I do apologize. It's just the volume of emails have been more than usual. I, I see most of it. I don't, you know, I, I think maybe I used to have a 90% response rate. and Maybe now it's down to more like 50%, but I'll try to get better with that. But send me your ideas for a declaration of American rights and principles that we should push to be adopted as joint resolutions in the various legislatures where there are allegedly Republican supermajorities in. And what sort of language and, and, and ideas and rights declared and policies should we push forward? And I'm thinking something like this. And this is just kind of a rough draft. A couple of things. Where is what distinguishes this country from other countries is that our rights come from God, not from government. As such, those rights are fully sustained in times of war as well as peace, times of wellness as well as times of sickness, times of prosperity as well as times of scarcity. Where is Justice Robert Jackson observed the same thing about the federal constitution and that the founders deliberately omitted emergency exceptions to fundamental rights because they knew the pressures they engender 
for authoritative action new to how they afford a ready pretext for usurpation. Whereas the state power to quarantine is only on the sick, not on the healthy, and that the Supreme Court has ruled that no effort to quarantine may be done in a way that is, quote, arbitrary or unreasonable manner or might go so far beyond what was reasonably required for the safety of the public. Whereas all the measures taken to stop the spread of a virus have proved ineffective in its stated goal, but devastating in its collect collateral damage to society as a whole. Whereas the purpose of a just government is to protect the citizenry from criminals and security threats, not to use law enforcement to infringe upon basic liberties and civil rights. Whereas Sam Adams said the American Revolution was a contest over not only whether we ourselves shall be free, but whether there shall be left to mankind an asylum on earth for civil and religious liberty. Resolved that this legislative body recognizes this state to be an American sanctuary, an asylum on earth for the following liberties. The right of every citizen to move freely without being restrained or forcibly masked in violation of his bodily integrity. The right of every citizen to responsibly open their businesses without co government deciding which ones are essential. The right of every citizen to worship freely. The right of every American child to attend school without physical or psychological abuse. The right of every citizen to be shielded from government monitoring of his privacy. As it states, and, I, and I'm writing this to the Florida legislature, Article 1, Section 23 of the Florida Constitution, every natural person has the right to be let alone and free from governmental intrusion into the person's private li life. The right of every citizen to defend themselves against mob violence directed at their persons, businesses, or loved ones. The right of citizens to have their state governments shield them from any federal usurpations of inalienable rights. And there's a lot more we could add to it. Let me know what your thoughts are. Just wanted to share with you in the remaining minutes, just, um, and I'm assuming a lot of you have seen this, but I think it's... Um, just a real good summation of the fraud we did see in the election. Right now we're talking about governing fraud, not election fraud. But rate of rejected mail-in ballots almost 30 times lower in Pennsylvania this year than 2016. See, everyone's like, well, Daniel, whether you like it or not, don't be a sore loser. Biden just did a good job of just getting all these mail-ins and having great turnout um, making it easy for people and, you know, whether you like it or not, he won. And our point is there is no way you could orchestrate an effort like that where the ballots are valid enough to have put him over the top. This is from Just the News, a county-by-county county review of accepted and rejected mail-in ballots throughout the state of Pennsylvania show that when added up, the state only rejected 951 of the 2.6 million mail-in ballots this year or a rate of 0.03%. That is significantly less than the historical rate of mail-in ballot rejection, which generally hovers around 1%. For first-time mail-in voters, that rate can jump as high as 3%. In 2016, the state saw about 266,208 mail-in ballots, just under 1% of them, rejected. Roughly in line with historical expectations. I'm sorry, that was 2534. At this historical rate of rejection, around 26,000 mail-in ballots would be rejected from this year's final Pennsylvania tally. So, this is something that 
is quite obvious to all of us. And I think this fraud explains why we actually saw in a place like just just in the areas where they needed it, we actually saw that Biden seemed to do better than the rest of the country. And again, it's all because of mail-in fraud. So this is from townhall.com, and I thought it was just an interesting summation. This is from, where is it? The Democracy Institute, that UK pollster that got Brexit right, and fundamentally against everyone else who really got a lot of this election right. And he said, it doesn't make sense. The turnout numbers are odd in some states like Wisconsin, which hit 89%. Um, But he noted, and this is a Patrick Basham of uh, Democracy Institute. Um, He basically noted that those four states, I'm saying, I'm sorry, four cities stand out like a sore thumb. They just don't make any sense. They don't make any sense. Barris notes, it's a pollster, Trump won the largest non-white vote share for a Republican presidential candidate in 60 years. Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every major metro area around the country, except for what? Milwaukee? Detroit, Atlanta, and Philly. Again, you go to St. Louis, you go to um, uh, Cleveland, you go to Chicago, and Texas was very heavily contested. They worked those places very hard, Houston and Dallas. You don't see that. It just doesn't make any sense. Trump's victories in, in those states were on target in the middle of the night until they arbitrarily stopped counting and then miraculously it changed. And again, I, like, like I told you guys, like if you woke up the next day, you couldn't really appreciate this. But if you watched it as it came in, it just made no sense. And that's why the New York Times algorithm projected with, with, with you know, 70% in, you know, sometimes the algorithm, like, you know, we'll have 3% in, 5% in, and, and the algorithm will just be off. But yeah, like 70% in, it projected Trump winning Georgia by four percentage points, which is in line with the WSB poll, in line with, with what we would have expected. It, it, the state has been receding. Trump only won it by five and a half last time. We knew we, he would do a little bit worse, but he wasn't going to lose the state given how well he performed elsewhere. But folks, just remember, election fraud is not that big of a deal when compared to governing fraud. Everyone's like, do you really believe that these city machines would try to cheat on an election? Well, do you believe that city machines would laud gangsters and work with them and promote rioters? but then criminalize Americans for celebrating Thanksgiving? I mean, that's a lot worse than stuff in the ballot box, if you ask me. The question is, what are we going to do about it? 
There's a lot of things we need to do. What I'm starting off with is first an American sanctuary movement. It needs to start with sheriffs, county governments, state legislatures, wherever we can get it done. And that will create a momentum for self-sorting, for the two-state solution, for at least fighting back and flushing out the Republicans that need to be flushed out and really starting a new party. But that's the first thing I, I believe we can do. If you have other ideas, let me know. And and again, let me know your ideas for a draft. Um, I will use it. This is how we like to make a collaborative effort. I've learned a lot from some emails you guys have sent me. Again, I apologize if I haven't had time to read or respond to all of them, but I, I try my best and I'm going to try harder. I'll try to look for these emails. So let me know, dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Tomorrow, hopefully, we'll get back to having some of our special guests on. Folks, again, get your We The People holsters forward slash CR, offer code CR. Make sure you get it, you know, $10 off. It's a really good deal. Um, you can get, uh, you know, free shipping for as much as $30, $35. Excellent holster. Um, that's how you defend yourself, support the Second Amendment, and support this show and our freedom of speech. Till tomorrow, stay safe, stay armed, stay informed, and stay knowledgeable.